Welcome back to Talking Walls. My name is Matthew Cooper, and today we're joined by Dave Azapardi. Dave, how are you? I'm very well, mate. How are you? I'm very well. And also, as you can see here, we're joined by none other than former England international, former Wolves legend, one of my favourite ever players. Sorry to embarrass you, Matt. It's Matt Jarvis. Matt, how are you? Thank you very much for that introduction. Yeah, I'm very well, thank you. Is that one of the best introductions you've had on a, on a podcast? Yeah, I think I think it's, yeah, I think I'll give you that, definitely, yeah. <laughs> no, not a problem, not a problem at all. Now, I'm sure there's many Wolves fans who have got fond memories of, of, of your time at Wolves. Um, am I right in thinking between 2007 2012, you had a very, very fruitful time at Wolves. Like I said, one of my favourite players, so it's a joy to watch. But you started, well, you were born up north, weren't you, Middlesbrough? And am I right in saying that your parents were really good at table tennis? This is true, yeah. Um, so, I, so I how, was, how did I you was, end up at Millwall playing football? <laughs> <laughs> Again, very interesting story. No, I um, I was born. I was born up in Middlesbrough. I was two weeks old when moved down to sort of Guildford. Um, yeah. And my dad's born and bred Middlesbrough. He is like, you were born in Middlesbrough. You were a Middlesbrough lad. But... Um, <laughs> Well, my mum's from Guildford, so we they sort of. My, I've got an older brother. We all moved down to uh, to Guildford at the, when I was two weeks old. So I I sort of said, I oh, well, technically I, I you know I wasn't really. I was a bit bit of a southern boy, I suppose. But anyway, they yes, they did play table tennis. They were both um, both England number one table tennis players. Wow. My mum won the European mixed doubles with uh, Desmond Douglas. If anyone knows anything about table tennis. Um, so yeah, it was it was quite a interesting, um, you know, uh, growing up. You know, um, they both weren't playing when we, when we were around, but um, it was it was really interesting to sort of you know they've experienced they've gone through being professional in in their their field, and they didn't ever push me and my brother into playing table tennis. Um, they they did have their own sort of business, Jarvis Sports. It was, and we used to go along to all of the like events and if there was any place to take tables and all sorts to all these bats and rubbers and all sorts and then whenever there was a break in play me and my brother used to just jump on and play on a table so we, we, we weren't too bad at it but it was never something that we got pushed into um and for me yeah having an older brother it was always always going to be football who were you who was your team growing up then Matt? because if obviously born up north but then living sort of down south was Burry a team or did you follow someone else well obviously being you know Yes, a sorry boy. I was a Man United fan, yeah, um, was, yeah. <laughs> but I was um, I was a, a you know my my brother and my mum were both United fans. Um, my dad obviously was a Middlesbrough fan, but um, I was a uh, we were all like a young saint, so we could go and watch Man United play at, at Southampton. Yeah, so I was a, yeah. I was actually at that game where United lost six three, changed kits at half time. I was there watching. So uh, yeah. interesting times. And um, when when you got picked up by what age were you when you got picked up by Millwall? Were you were you a really young lad? And were you always were you always on the wing? So um, some, a lot of pros do change. I mean, Rooney started as a goalkeeper, didn't he? <laughs> I was definitely not a goalkeeper. I don't think um, you're enough, Matt. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely not. Um, yeah, I was I was young. Um, as I said, I had an older brother, so he was actually um, he was at Millwall at the same time as me. So. I sort of we used to luckily we used to go at the same sort of uh, same venue same time yeah. so it worked well for my parents but um yeah I think I was there for about seven seven years so probably about 11 12 I was there 11 yeah about 11 years old I was there until till 16 
So, well, yeah, trying to get the um, youth team contract, and unfortunately for me, it, was, uh, it wasn't to be. I was uh, told not good enough and um, wasn't offered anything, which as a 16-year-old, you know, I sort of, yeah, I, I found it very difficult. Um, yeah. It was one of them that, you know, you, you sort of questioning yourself, do you, do you stop and, you know, you know, play, you know, Sunday league with your mates or do you try and pursue it? And luckily enough for me, there was a, a Jill scout um, called Bernie Dillon who, who like basically called me up about half an hour after he like, I found out I was released and was trying to get me into Jules the next day and and I, to be fair I, I was like I can't do it right now I need a week yeah. <laughs> so he, he he kept on calling me and after about a week I was like yeah I'll, I'll come down and I was horrendous on trial I was terrible honestly <laughs> um my confidence had just taken a massive hit at 16 um and uh I wasn't very good. I played quite a few games, um, but luckily enough, yeah, they must have seen something, and I uh, I got offered a, a youth team contract, and and obviously the the rest is history. How how quick did you get into the first team, Matt? When you joined Gillingham, was or were you in the reserves youth team for a bit, or did you just get chucked straight in? So um, I signed a three year YTS back then. That's what it was yeah. called. Um, so it, I actually played in the first team in pre season on my second year YTS. So I literally just I was just turned just about just turned seventeen, I think. So then I, I got in the first team. I went on tour with them in preseason and scored and played really well and sort of just basically stayed in in the first team from my second year as a as a youth team player. Yeah, and we, as 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 we know that the rest was history at Gillingham. You played there um, four years until two thousand and seven. Am, am I right in thinking that you turned down a contract offer? At Gillingham in, in favour of obviously joining joining Wolves. I did. I let my contract. Well, I say let my uh, my contract finished, um, yeah. but because I was under twenty four, obviously um, there was the Bosman rule, and so it was. You know, Jules was saying that. Well, the, the it all come out that they were offering me this, that, and whatever. But for me, it wasn't about the club at all. I, I wanted to to go and and. Mm-hmm. You know, give myself the best opportunity to go and play at the top level. And um, I don't know if you've heard the story about how I signed for Wolves, but I'll I will tell you. <laughs> yeah. But, um, but before we go on to that, Matt, was there any on. other offers from other clubs apart from Wolves, and why Wolves? Well, um, there was yes, yep. there was other clubs involved, but why Wolves um, is exactly how I tell you the, the story. Really, <laughs> um, I, I was actually I was actually booked. I was bags were packed. I was going on holiday with my mates. Um, I was actually just about to leave to go to the airport, and I get a call from my agent to say um, this was on a Friday. He said oh, Sunday, um, Mick McCarthy wants to meet you in Portugal. Um, wants you to go out and meet him, and I was like. <laughs> I was like, okay. I was like, call my mates. Look, I'm not coming. Uh, I'm going to see Mick McCarthy. So I flew over on the Sunday morning, met Mick McCarthy. Um, and for me, there was, there was nowhere else I was ever going to sign after meeting him. Um, he's, you know, he, I mean, you've you've met him. You've, you you hear him and everything. He's just, he's just got that aura about him. And, and for me, it was just instant. As soon as he was talking about what he wants to to do at Wolves, how he wants to achieve it and why he would want me to sign there. You know, I, I, I literally met him, finished, we had like something to eat and I flew straight home. And the next day, I think I was up at Molyneux getting shown round and I, I basically signed 
that day. Um, it was such an easy decision for me. Um, and I actually, I signed um, with the club secretary at the time. And um, <laughs> I then got a lift with him and his wife from signing at, at the training ground, or sorry, at the stadium, I think. Uh, then got a lift to the airport with him and his wife. We got on the same flight to, to Marbella. <laughs> and I sort of left... <laughs> I went that way and he went that way and I went and met my mates in Marbella and uh, enjoyed the, um, the celebration. <laughs> but you looking at the uh, you're looking at the flight tickets and you literally got the seats next to him as well. That would have been no, uh, would luckily have been no. I wasn't I was I wasn't <laughs> quite. I was, uh, I was honestly it's such a surreal thing because I'd signed so I was absolutely buzzing, but I was on my own. In an, in an airport, and I kept on like seeing him, you know, when you're walking around because he's going right, to the same gate. Right, yeah. <laughs> and I'm, I'm, like, I'm like, I'm like, do I do I celebrate now? Am I allowed to? Do I, <laughs> should I, should I, should I wait? I don't know what to do. <laughs> so it was, um, yeah, it was it was amazing to to uh, to sign at Wolves. As I said, it was just meeting Mick and getting shown around the, the stadium, and and that it was just uh, amazing. I'd assume, no disrespect to Gillingham, but the facilities would have been a huge step up as well. Like, it was the new training ground. I say new, you know, was the training yeah. ground fairly new at the time? It was, it? yeah, pretty much very new. Um, I think it was about, about not even a year old, I think, from when I was. And actually, I was the first signing from, um, oh, wow. from the new chairman. From, yeah. yeah. So it was, uh, it was pretty cool. It was pretty cool. Yeah, what was it? Was it was it a lot different coming from like a club like Gillingham to Wolves though, in terms of like how how different things are the way the clubs run, the attention to detail, or was it kind of just like the norm to the norm? Obviously, like the you know the stadium was was yeah, massive. Um, obviously, as we said, the training ground was new. Um, but for me, it was it was more that you know Mick McCarthy, what he brought with Terry Connor. Um, and also, you know, the rest of his coaching staff, um, you know, for, for me, how how could I not improve as a, as a player when you've got the fitness coach is Tony Daly? You know, yeah. he's, he's yeah. like, he, he's, he, well, I was him, you know, he was playing left wing, right footed, quick. Yeah. It was just like, how could I not learn from him as he, he was my fitness coach? So it was just the whole package for me. Terry Connor was absolutely huge in my career, uh, getting me out, training, working before and after training, working on my game. And so was Mick. And that's that whole sort of package of facilities, training ground, coaches, physios, the whole the whole setup just, you know, had a, made, uh, played a massive part in the, in the role of my development. Yeah, I know Terry Connor gets a little bit of stick, obviously, because of his time as manager at Wolves, which I'm sure we'll talk about uh, later on. But he's so highly, highly regarded as a coach, even obviously alongside Mick. You just have to look everywhere he's, he's been, really. Even now with Cardiff, you know, he's coming and, you know, change it. Was he, I mean, a big part of that? We saw as soon as he left Wolves, although, you know, the club was in a bit of a state, like how quickly the club went downhill. And it's happened at so many of his clubs. Was he that good of a sort of manager? Like, what was he like? Was he more of a man manager, sort of? Could you go to him with anything, really? Or... Yeah, so that they worked such as a good pair. You had like, you know, Mick, who you know, whenever he walked into a room, you you like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you had Terry as well, and they they just 
they just gelled so well together. Um, and you know, Mick was on the training ground every single day, working and trying to improve players. And you had Terry that would just be before training, he'd be like, "All right, Java, you we coming out? You going work on this?" And you're like, "Yeah, brilliant." And then he'd just take you out. Him and Dale, uh, Tony Daly would take you out, do a quick warm up, and then you just work on stuff. And then the rest of the lads would come out and start training, and they would do their warm up. But I would still be training, or you know, the other lads as well would be doing a bit and then once they finished their um warm up then we would go straight into the session and it was just the way he you know it was never like oh, rt can can you do this he was never like oh come on just get yourself in yeah he was like yep let's do this let's work on this let's keep improving keep improving it was he he as i said you know about everyone but tc was was huge in my development as a player he always took me out and um, worked on my game, my left foot, left foot crossing, cutting in and shooting, yeah. everything about it. And and the way that they they worked together as a as a duo were were brilliant. You know, on a Friday morning, it was one of them that you see TC walking around into the change rooms. You'd be like, oh, here we go. You know, <laughs> you're waiting for someone to get the curly finger and be like, <laughs> uh, Jarvo, um, can you just go up and see the gaffer? And you're like, oh, I'm not playing tomorrow. <laughs> 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 but because of the way that they they worked together and mick was the biggest compliment i can give him is he was honest so if ever you 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 know you could go and speak to him about anything he was just completely honest you you go up to him say on a friday and he'd say look job i'm leaving you out tomorrow and you'd be like why like what's the reason and he would he'd tell you the reason and obviously he'd be like look i can completely understand if you don't agree with it but that is the reason why you're not playing tomorrow you're going to be on the bench blah blah and you could you could tell him the reasons why you think you can, and he'd be like, "Yeah, that's you know, that's fine." But this is the reason why you're not playing tomorrow, and you can walk out of there going, "Well, yeah, that's fair enough, I suppose." Yeah, you, you just he would be so honest with you, and that was the the best relationship you can have as a as a manager and a player. What What was the culture like around the, the dressing room and the, and, the, and the training ground, especially during the promotion season and the first season of the Prem? Was it just are you smiling? Was it just like a laugh every single day being around everyone? <laughs> it is. It was absolutely amazing. Um, that that group of lads, we're all still close now because it was such a good like bond that we had together. I think that first year when I signed, you you had all of the lads plus like a few of the older players, like yeah, Gary Breen, Jody, yeah. um, these players that had been there and done it. But the rest of us, we were all young, you know, hungry players that wanted to improve, wanted to to play in the championship, and then try and progress and get into the Premier League. That second season when we won the league, that pre-season we'd signed like Looms, I think um, Vokesy as well. Mm. Um, and I think it was Kites that was like, in pre-season we were just flying. And it was one of them that we were like, we're going to, you know, we've got something this year. Like we missed out by a goal to get into the playoffs the season before. We yeah. were like, you know, we, we've got what it's going to take this year. And because of the, the way that it finished the year before, we were so determined to 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 do well, and and obviously we yeah. thoroughly enjoyed the season because it was just the way the way that we played. We were four four two, get it wide, get it in the box. We scored goals. We had that mentality that we were going to just score more goals than them. It didn't really matter. You know, if if we went a goal behind, we knew that we were going to score. It it did not phase us because. And then when you just ride that wave of just consistently playing well and winning games, it's it doesn't even matter to be you know right towards the end of that season. I think we went on our thirteen game without a win, and it just 
just didn't matter. Yeah, I, I remember that season really fondly. And I remember you and Coates like, just tearing fullbacks a new arsehole every single game, mate. It was unbelievable. And I think that was it the Nottingham Forest, a 5 1 at home. Was it, uh, that game, I can could, I could remember it clear as day now. But did, although, like, you may think you want, want to be humble and stuff, but did you know from the first game we're going to go up this season? Um, I, I, I genuinely thought that. Yeah, when like I said in prison, I think that yeah, we we had a massive, massive chance. I, would I have said that we would have done what we'd done, you know, that season and blitzed the league? I, I you know, I would have been hesitant to say yes, but I would have said we would have one hundred percent been in playoffs and above. Like we were just that confident. But after the first sort of ten games, yeah, definitely, you knew where we were going to be. I think we were topping. You'll hopefully you'll know more, more, remember more than me. I think it was like October or something, October, yeah. and then we, and we or, or we were in the top two in October, and we we didn't really we didn't drop out of it, which is some achievement. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I know Matt. There's a couple of players that have sort of suggested this in the past, and obviously you can be honest. But do you, as a team, or you personally, feel that? that promotion team is underappreciated by Wolves fans. Because I know I've heard Cole Henry talk about it before, about that the playoff team back, you know, <laughs> back, back, you know, 03 and whatever. You know, they get all the praise when it comes to the promotions to the Premier League. But do you think that squad is underappreciated? <laughs> I've heard this a few times. Um, I think, yeah, obviously Cole, Cole has a, a massive opinion on it because he's a local lad. I think he's, you know, he grew up around there. He, he lived around there. And, he obviously experienced the the team before that went up, and they were obviously a fantastic achievement, brilliant to to get up into the Premier League. Um, and you know, for us, we, the way that we did it was absolutely incredible. And the only way I could sort of say it is obviously they got promoted and got relegated. We got promoted and stayed in the Prem for you know for the next few years. It was, I think that's you know it, whether we're underappreciated, I don't know because you, you, there's a lot of fans that are absolutely. Like like yourselves, you know what what a year, what a team! It was just a fantastic experience, and winning that league was absolutely phenomenal. Um, so I, w- I wouldn't say we were underappreciated. Um, I think the comparison between the two sometimes is is more difficult. Yeah, yeah. talking about Carl Emery there. Like I, I really, I really like Carl Emery. It's time at Wolves, but so many fans used to give him stick, and I don't know, I don't know what it was. Perhaps it was because he was just honest and he just didn't care. But and, and I've also seen a lot of players saying, like, as a player, he was very, very good. Was was he good to play with? He was. The whole package you had with Carl was he was a brilliant captain, a brilliant captain. Um, you know, he he. I'm sure everyone knows. You know, he loved to sort of have an argument or a, a disagreement. But as a captain, that was amazing. You know, he, you could go to him with anything and he would, if it's nothing to do with him, he would, he would back you up. He would go and see the manager, go and see the chairman, go and see whoever it was to fix it. And he was always on your, on your, the side of the player. Though it doesn't matter if he was having a disagreement with anyone. He was always, a t- the team came first. And that was the obvious first and foremost as a captain, he was, he was outstanding. As a player, he, he is one that I think a lot of the fans, you know, you don't really appreciate to a degree what he did for the yeah. team. As players, you know, we we all like going forward and scoring goals and making assists and that. We don't want to chase back and do all of the horrible stuff. Yeah, that's what Carl did. 
he did everything. No, whenever we were going forward, he was always looking where people should be, pulling people into the right position, making sure that if we lost the ball, he was there to break it up. He was there to win the ball back and get us playing again. And, you know, it's it, as a player in that team, he was never under underappreciated or ever, uh, not valued. He was he was fantastic. And the thing is, he 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 um he had fantastic technique. He you know in yeah. training you should have seen all of the weight that you know, he's finishing. His strikes were 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 incredible. He just maybe didn't get the opportunity sometimes to to go forward as much because we had so many attacking players. So I think as a, as a team, you always have to have someone that's. Um, sacrificing themselves for the team, and and that's a, a massive thing that he did. You could argue, Matt uh, Cooper, that that's someone that we need now in the current team. Someone like that, Mate, he'd be, be absolutely perfect. I, I understand <laughs> Carl Henry or Kevin McDonald would be perfect in the world team. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, like that. Uh, Matt, you said uh, earlier on like that it was such a close knit team back then. Obviously, I listen to a lot of football podcasts, and the one thing they tend to rave about is the the Christmas do's and the Christmas parties. <laughs> what was uh, what were the Wolves ones like? Who was who was the one sort of you know, organising it and what, where where did you normally go for those? Silver loves um, it, Silver needs banks for area. To be honest, everyone loved the Christmas day. I mean, it's the it's the first thing you start speaking to. Once the season's underway and you sort of get into you know, August, September, you then start going, oh, right, we've got to get the fines in because you know, we've got to start getting the kitty up ready for the Christmas do. Um it's, it's amazing. Every single player at any club loves the Christmas do. It's just... It's a chance to all go out and enjoy yourselves together. And the best part about it for me, I don't care what anyone says, the best part is the Sunday and it's the fancy dress. <laughs> I, it, it is the best part. And Jody Craddock is the best fancy dress person I have ever seen. He's just, he's so arty, isn't he? But he made yeah, his own yeah. costumes. He would do everything. It was just <laughs> absolutely amazing. And, uh, and yeah, I, I love the fancy dress as well. We, 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 we went, we went everywhere, but I would say like Dublin was probably, you know, one of the places you were going. Obviously, we had quite a few Irish players, so it was uh, it was phenomenal. Who was like the worst fancy dress? Who was like not obviously got Joe's yeah, the best, but no, who's, who's coming? You thought, what the hell are you? <laughs> no, I think every, you had to have a good go. That's the thing, you know. You had to have a good go. It was like we all like there's so many different random things that you would do but like sometimes we like one i remember we had to you know everyone they just put the alphabet in, into a hat and you had to pick out a letter and and you have to go as something that and we like say i don't know superheroes or something like that and you just had to go as that so everyone had to make an effort and there was always always someone that you know there was no one that had a bad outfit i would say it was just you. You had to make that effort because you, when you come out in that lift at eleven o'clock in the morning on the Sunday, <laughs> and everyone is wearing themselves as they come through reception, it, there's nothing better than that. You know, you get into a lift with you know random people and you're dressed as I don't know a massive turkey or something like that. It's just, it's just phenomenal. What was your best effort? You reckon, Matt? With you, I've had a, I've had a, I've had a few. I've had a few. I remember one. I can't even remember if this was at Wolves. I had one year, everyone was like, it was all white. Everyone had to yeah. go in white. And um, so everyone was like getting smart shirts and bow ties and hats. And so I, I was like, no, I'm going the complete opposite here. I went morph suit. Yes. I had like a Ga Gandalf wig. I had like big white, white glass. I was like, I, I, it was just great fun. I just, I, and no one knew who it was, which was even better. <laughs> I mean, my heart might have given it away a little yeah. bit, but. No one could see my face or anything, and I was just in a morph suit with some like white gloves, white glasses, big wig, everything. It was just, it was class. But 
out, out of out of the group, then you obviously was quite a few years. Who would you say was like the, the joker in the dressing room, or always someone who was like pissing about or playing pranks? I'd imagine there's a few, but if you had to single there out, was, there yeah, was a, there was a few. Um, I wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily say this guy was the one like uh, pissing about, but he was always involved in everything that would go on, and was a great lad. Would be Kev Foley. He was he and like whenever we used to do team like bonding things like you know go kine or paintball he was always really good at it as well he was one of them that was just good at everything um but as a, as a guy around the change room he was always in amongst something um but there's like as i say there was so many that were it was a quite a, you know you walk into a change room someone's gears hung up in the ceiling there's something going on <laughs> all the time it was uh it was just it was just great to be around what was um big george ellico be like in the dressing room <laughs> I still speak to him now. He's what a character, what a character. Um, he was just, he was a fans player, wasn't he? He, lo- he loved it. Everyone, all the fans loved him. He was so good. Um, and he's, he just had that energy. I think every morning you come in, say you'd lost on the Saturday, you'd come in, everyone was a little bit, he would bounce into the door and just lift everyone. He was just, he, he's such a great personality. Sorry, yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna say, what was you talk about? Sort of, you know, if, if you lost, what was McCarthy's attitude like at Wolves? Like, if you lost the game, was it coming in on the Sunday or whatever to do, you know, hard mileage, or would he still sort of respect that? I suppose in the promotion season, he may have let you off, you know, once or twice. But what, what was he like on that front? Yeah, I think obviously in a promotion season, it was quite a lot of it is in the championship. It's Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday. So. Yeah. I would say a lot of the time you'd probably be either, you know, if you'd lost, you'd probably be in anyway because you were doing a cool down ready for the Tuesday game. But realistically, I think it depends on the manner that you lose. I think if he saw that we were given everything, that it wouldn't be like um, you weren't coming in for punishment if you were in anyway. He he wasn't that type that he would just be like, oh, yeah, we lost. All right, that's it. You lot, we're in and we're running. You know, there was always, if you were in, there was a reason behind it. Um, you know, I, I think it's very rare that we would have come in and got run. Um, <laughs> you know, but I'm sure it happened <laughs> once or twice. But yeah. um, there was always a reason. Yeah, I, I know. I listened to uh, something. Mike, did you play with Michael Gray for a bit of Wolves? Was he there first season? Was yeah. Yeah. I remember because he yeah. lived up in Manchester. He used to moan about Mick. He used to get you in on the Sunday to have a bath day. He'd call it. And Michael yeah. Gray would have to drive down from Manchester just for his bath day. And he said he absolutely hated it. I think yeah. that's when he packed in his career then as well. Oh, M- Mickey Gray, what a guy. I remember he gave me the best bit of advice, which he always he always reminds me about now. He, he goes, Jarvo, run fast, score goals. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> well, it, it's it's like mixed, isn't it? Now, a lot of football, it's a simple game. I don't know why people complicate it to score more than the opposition, which it just sounds... It's just he, like Exactly, that's what you used to say. You know, football's a, a simple game made hard by players. Yeah, <laughs> obviously that's that's really nice to hear. Um, <laughs> moving on to that, the, the first season, the Prem, obviously after getting promotion, did you have to pinch yourself on that first game? I think it was against West Ham, if memory serves correctly. Did you just take take stock and be like, look, like I'm so proud of what I've done? Uh, to a degree, yes, but I think I think for me, I think it only really sort of hit you when you because that our first game was at home um, yeah. I think we played away I think it's when Man City just bought Rubinho and um, wow. I can't remember and I remember standing in the tunnel and walking out and just being like yeah. 
<laughs> okay. Yeah, I think I think that was sort of a. But for me, like, you, you, we've worked so hard. Everyone, you know, that was their goal to get to play yeah. in the Premier League in the best league to test yourself against the best players in, in you know in the world, really. And for me, it was just I wasn't um, I wasn't sort of pinching myself. I was I was so looking forward and and uh, wanting to test myself against the best players and. And that for me was was amazing. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. You say you, you test yourself against the best players. I, I remember there was a good four or five months at Wolves where you were just going past some of the best fullbacks in the world, like they weren't even there. Like I couldn't believe it. But it was like the, it was the hardest like, fullback you played against in your time. So I know it's probably a million dollar question, but yeah, it's so because everyone's got weaknesses and strengths. Yeah. You know, you, you could look at like for instance, Carl Walker and go, he was amazing. He was so hard to mark the other way because yeah. he was so quick and it was bombing and Spurs at the time, you know, always had possession. So it was hard to mark him, but then he gave you a chance the other way. So it was like, and I, you know, if he gave you a few yards, I was able to, you know, use that. So he was obviously extremely difficult. I played on the other side against Ashley Cole, who's probably the best fullback ever to play in the Premier League, in my opinion. <laughs> um, but he had like, when Zabaleta first come, he was like, a rash you know he was you know, whenever you get the ball he was so tight right up against you but then if you did get turned I enjoyed playing against him there was so many I, I as I say it was, it was so hard they're all very different like Glenn Johnson was at the time was was ridiculous going forward and he I remember a game again I think I was at West Ham actually that I was like having a good go at him the other way and he was bombing forward and I was like and then he shifted onto his left foot and I was thinking I've done enough here he's gone inside that's fine and then he just let rip with his left foot and went right into the top corner from outside the box and I was like I thought I'd done well there um, but it's that there was some you know you look at how many fullbacks there's been ridiculous uh, one that I always sort of mention is um, Phil Bardsley he was hard to play against. Um, he was, you know, he was physically, you know, strong, quick, loved to tackle. I think he was, it was, that was always a battle as well. Yeah, definitely. Is, is there any other players who weren't fullbacks who you've, you played against and you just like, wow, like, wow this, this bloke is amazing. I mean, plenty, but I just remember that, like, as I said, that first season in the Prem, we played Chelsea at Stamford Bridge. And after about 20 minutes, yeah, it was just, we just got the complete runaround. And you're like, I remember it was like Hazard passing into William to Oscar, or no, it was like one matter. And yeah. it was just like, I was like sprinting to close them down and they just shifted in, spun. And I'm like, I'm getting close to no one here. And <laughs> it, they were, they were absolutely ridiculous. And that was like a big wake up, like, wow, okay, these boys are, <laughs> These boys are pretty good. <laughs> in the space of like three years, Matt, so you were playing sort of League One with Gillingham and then by, you know, the third season at Wolves, you're playing in the Premier League. For you, could you see that massive step up? Because even when we were watching Wolves in League One to the Championship was quite a big step. Could you sort of see in some games that you're like, right, this is a, a ridiculous, the level that these players are playing? To be honest, I never, it's, it's hard to sort of explain. I never really thought of it like that. Yeah. It was always, for me, with football, like any other player, you play on the Saturday, win, lose or draw, you've got another game on the Saturday and you're yeah. always like, you can enjoy it, you can sulk, you can do whatever, but then you're always on to the next game. So for me, I never really looked back and thought, I'm doing really well here. You know, it was always like, 
brilliant, great result, or yeah. I need to improve that. And then you're on, you're focused to the next one, and then you're focused to the next one. It's only when I'm now and look back and go, do you know what? Yeah, that was pretty pretty impressive. Like I was playing League One three years later, I'm playing in the Premier League and playing for England. Yeah, it's like yeah. wow, that was that was pretty pretty cool. But at the time, you're just strive, striving to succeed again and again and improve and improve and that's that's the only way i can sort of you know um sort of explain it yeah. to you um the big the big difference everyone always asks me what's the difference between playing in the championship and the premier league the biggest difference for me was in the championship you have less time on the ball but it's easier to do something with whereas yeah. in the premier league if that makes sense in the premier yeah. league they gave you a bit more time on the ball, so you had possession. You could have your touch. You could maybe turn. But then, if you like, for me as a wide player, then to take someone on, they were, you know, they they'd step two yards off. You think, oh, I've got a bit of time. I'll just cross it, and then you go to cross it, and then they've closed you down, and they blocked yeah. it. And or if you go and knock it past them, they've already they've dropped off a little bit, and they they've got in front. Whereas in the championship, everyone's it's it's a hundred mile an hour all the time, which is brilliant. But you could just nip past someone or you could like just shift it one way and they weren't quite getting there it was it it's more like that and in the premier league if you get one you give away one silly you know a free kick or you give the ball away cheaply you get punished that's that's ultimately the the difference between the premier league and the championship yeah i mean the premier league stint with you know at walls you know lasted under mccarthy for the majority of the time sort of a few seasons but sort of the start of the season especially the first one do the board or do i suppose as players you probably have very little interaction with the board or did the management sort of sit down with the players and say look this is the plan we want to stay up this season or do they sort of just let you get on and just sort of get on with the season no i think everyone knows the yeah pre-season you come in and everyone's focused everyone knows like look to succeed this year the only way we're going to succeed is to is to not be relegated you know we yeah. it doesn't matter if we we stay out by goal uh, a point or whatever you know a successful season is staying in the premier league and yes we went through games where we'd lost three on a bounce and four on a bounce you know and it's it's very demoralizing sometimes but a lot of the a lot of the times you get like man united chelsea liverpool all in a row yeah and if you come out with no points you come out with no points you then got to pick up the games that you go into going right we need to get points in this game and and we we sort of did that and that was when you focus on games, you're right, we need to get a result here. We, we, you know, the majority of the time we did. And we always used to pick up a few results against the big boys, which, you know, are bonus points, really. Yeah, I remember, I think there was Chelsea at, um, at Molyneux. There was obviously the United at Molyneux were out on that like record-breaking run where I think Doyle scored once and Elikobi, but Elikobi tried to claim both of them. And then I think that the Spurs game as well, which is one of my favourites, where I think you cut it onto your right and put it on Fletcher's head. What were those? What were those moments like as a player? Brilliant! I, it just amazing. I think you know you. I, I watch. I've seen them because George keeps posting about them goals at United. I see Loves, them it, all the time. Loves it. <laughs> I keep looking back and go, "Yes, that was my cross." <laughs> but um, yeah, the, the Spurs game as well. I think you just see from. The players' reactions to the goals and the wins and the celebrations are just—they're just epic. It's just something that you—you know—that's why you're playing in the Premier League. You want to be playing against the big boys and winning. You know, you don't want to be just playing against them and you know, oh yeah, they were really good. We lost. You want to be going there and go, yeah, 
we beat Liverpool at Anfield. You know, we beat Man United. We beat Chelsea. We beat Liverpool. You know, we beat City. We beat Spurs. Yeah. You know, that, these are great things you can go and talk about. You know, I've got I've got a four year old son who's now who's obsessed with football, and he looks he looks up and goes, "Oh, you know, you go, oh, Liverpool are playing or something." He goes, "Oh, did you play?" Go, "Yeah, I played against Liverpool." He goes, "Oh." Did you get beat by Liverpool? No, we beat Liverpool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's like, really? Yeah, yeah. We yeah. did. You know, it's they're amazing achievements yeah. and things. But you, like I said, you just got to get focused. You, it's amazing. We 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 win at home to Chelsea. We win at home to Spurs. And you think that is amazing? They're three points that we didn't expect to get. Now we need to build on that. The next game's probably against a team that we're expected to get points off. Now we need to go and do that. And Mick was very good at you know not if you, you you weren't allowed to go there and you weren't allowed to go there you had to sort of try and stay level headed which is is difficult but we had a really good group of players that um you know we really as i say as a team we we got on extremely well and and pulled everyone together in the right direction yeah i mean fans still talk about those games the united ones the liverpool ones you know still loads really but was there was there a big difference for you as a player, Matt? Like you know, the year we went up, obviously the transfers shifted very slightly in terms of personnel because Mick, you know, built a very young, like you said, that first year you were there, predominantly British players, and then obviously when he brought the likes of Uwalumo in, it was a bit more experienced. But the year we went up, you look, there's a few more players coming from Europe and so on. Did that change the way Mick fought or played, or for you as players tactically, you know, in training? Because you know, I mean, looking now, likes of Milias. Castillo coming in on loan, Stefan Meyerhofer and, and players like that. Did that did that change anything for you at the, at the club? Not at all. Uh, the only thing that changed was a slight shift in the formation, which is understandable going from we were an expansive 4-4-2 in the championship. You know, yeah. There's not many teams you can do that, um, that can do that in the Premier League coming up straight up from the championship. So we, we did sort of shift from that to a 4-3-3 if you want a four-five-one sort of formation, and um, that's purely and simply down to the the playing in the best league in the in the world for me. Um, so, in, in my sort of position, I suppose it, it was I was still able to attack, which was great, and yeah. you still had that extra body in midfield, which which was good for you know you I oh, don't get me wrong we had to get back you know Mick may you know you had to and we as players me and kites on the other side or whoever it was you know you had to do your defensive work and we did that but you had that extra player which made you you were able to get forward and and do your attacking stuff as well which which is what exactly what I love to do I know Dave mentioned there Millie Ash and again one of my I think he's got a bit of a cult hero status at, at Wolves <laughs> And a cultured left foot, if ever I've seen one. What what was what was he like around the place? Did he? I don't know. I can't. I can't just imagine him like integrating. This. I don't think I've ever heard him open his mouth. <laughs> no, he was. He was. The lads loved him. He was brilliant. You know, he he had that. I think you know. For, I would say the first sort of couple of months, you sort of get that. You know what the what the the fans sang about him. You'd be like, yeah, I think he would. Yeah, you know, I, I would. I, I wouldn't get close to him because he would. <laughs> but the more and more you got to know him, he, he was he was such a good guy, proper, you know, down to a family man. Do it, you know, would do anything for you. I remember just like really quick story about him. We were, I was, uh, my brother and his wife come up with me and my wife. Now, um, we went for dinner, and as we were sitting and eating, Milias and uh, Nenad and his missus, and I think a few of his family. They were all in the same restaurant. They came in, and I was just like, "Oh, how are we doing?" You know, it went over and said hello. And then at the end of the evening, um, 
we were completely we weren't next to each other so at the end of the evening i was like oh, get the bill for that and he, the guy came home and goes it's all it's all done i was like what and he was like yeah it's all done i was like well how's that and he goes oh the gentleman over there is all paid and i was like what? Well, so i went over to speak to him and he was like Java, he goes in, in my my like, country in my thing if you go to a restaurant that's that where your your friend is you you go you go and pay wow uh, i was like wow like no no that's brilliant i said let me know when you're next going out because i'm not coming to the same <laughs> 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 yeah, <sad. laughs> but no, that, that just that just sums him up he was he was a proper real nice guy but uh, but on the pitch a magnificent left foot and he had that the thing is like what Mick had with players that he come in he had that grit and determination he would do the ugly side of it as well which he had to learn a little bit but he would do it and he was a proper team player as well so yeah full praise for Nenad he was ledge yeah, that's brilliant that is yeah skipping for sort of 12 months or so that next season was was it did they call it survival Sunday did it? That, that final game of the season I know we probably had a few questions about that but for you as a team, going into that last game, what was it? It was about four teams that could still go down, something like that, four yeah. or five teams. What? How did McCarthy prepare for that? Did you go, some of the lads go in with the mindset like, oh, we're screwed here, or did you all go in thinking, nah, we're going to stay up? I think if you'd have seen us at half-time, it was a bit different. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think I think realistically, you know, everyone knew the importance of the game going into it, and I think we were just... It was like shell shock at half time. Like, what has just happened? You know, we've 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 built up to this game. We've worked so hard. We've been drilled on the training ground, and everything's fallen off. You know, everything had fallen off. But it was like trying to to regroup at half time and just be like, look, you know, we've given everything this season. We need to keep going, blah blah. And it was what an end to a season. I still still yeah. remember sort of, I think it was like the last few minutes, a few minutes or like five minutes of the game going, we need an extra goal. Yeah. <laughs> you could hear it from the crowd. That yeah. was the thing. And it was just, and then for Honey to score on that, it was just, celebrations were amazing. Yeah. And I mean, you're celebrating a loss, but yeah, it was, it's hard to say, yeah. No one, laughed, but no. <laughs> but no one cared because it was just, you know, survival was, that was the only thing that mattered. Well, how did you lot celebrate after that? Was there a few uh, nights out or did you talk? Well, it's I think, the final yeah. game, wasn't it? I suppose, yeah. yeah, it was the final game. I think we all went out as a team. Um, yeah. I think we all went, I'm sure it was that that night. I, I don't know. We, I think we, we all went out as a team, um, you know, including wives, girlfriends. It was, that's what we, that's what we did. I think that's, that's one of the, the big things about that. Then, you know, the season from the championship and then, you know, next couple of seasons, we did everything as a group and everyone got on and everyone pulled in the same direction. That's that's ultimately what you what you need as a, as a group when you're when you know you're going to be, you know, fighting for survival. You, you need to have a group of players that you look around going, yeah, if I'm in trouble, he's going to dig me out. And, and that's what we had. What, I'd assume sort of after a game like that, though, the morale with the squad is like almost sky high. You know, and like you say, you've lost the game, but you've stayed up. But what was the general sort of consensus around the squad? Was everyone happy to go into the new season under McCarthy, you know, and go again? Because in hindsight now, there are a lot of fans that talk about that season and think, right, maybe that's when we should have said thanks to Mick and let him go. But I suppose when he's kept you up in that style, it's it's not that sort of... So that, not that sort of way, is it? You wouldn't sort of let a manager go, but I'd assume the players would have backed the manager 100% throughout, wouldn't they? Mick is probably the best manager I've ever worked for, so uh, yeah. I would, I would, I still think it was a bad decision to to let him go when when we did. I, yeah. I, I still think we would have had the best 
opportunity to stay up with him in charge. Um, he he had the respect of all of the players, whether you whether you were playing, whether you weren't. He was he was that good, and there's no way on earth for me that at that point for him to have not been the manager it would have been a disaster. You know, you look at them players, every single one of them players Mick had brought in. Yeah. So every single one, you know, that, that, that speaks volume. So yeah. for me, he, 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 he should have he'd been able to finish the season um, the following year anyway, but it wasn't to be. With the, with the season afterwards, obviously the, the, the five one against Albion, which still to this day, Break <laughs> breaks my heart. Like I, I live in West Brom as well, Matt. So it's yeah, <laughs> obviously that yeah that ultimately got Mick the stat, yeah. which you know is fair enough. That is a horrendous result. I remember yeah. that game, and I remember I played. I started sort of left wing, and by the end of it, I was playing holder midfielder. It was like what is going on here? There was like no one around. We were just getting pummeled, and it was just a horrendous. So. I understand the uh, the decision <laughs> because it was a it was a terrible, terrible result. But you know, yeah, it was. Is it true that Steve Morgan came down at full time <laughs> and had, had a word of everyone? Yes, <laughs> he wasn't less pleased. And yeah. as a player, how do you feel about that when it's like essentially undermining the manager? Are you are you, are you just, like, just shell shocked as to what's going on, especially after a result like that? Yeah, I think obviously, you know, everyone's completely on their, you know, on their knees. It was a horrendous result, a horrendous performance, and you you knew it wasn't, you know, it's, it's no one's going to be happy about that. Um, and then obviously to see him come down and and make and express his opinion as well is is um, it's understandable. You know, ultimately, it's it's uh, he's the, the 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 man at the top. So if he wants to come down and say whatever he wants, he can do that. He can he can do whatever he wants, and we we can you know we can like it or we can not like it. It's it's ultimately it doesn't it doesn't matter. It's it's his choice. I think us us Wolves fans, obviously at the time it absolutely killed us, and it still and it still kills me now that that day. But I think to to sack Mick without any replacement lined up was completely knee-jerk and in hindsight, the wrong thing to do. But Matt, do you think that if Mick would have stayed in charge, we would have stopped up that season? I think we would have had a chance, yes. I'm not saying that we would have, but I would have said we would have definitely had a chance. Um, but listen, the, the, the last bit with Terry, yeah, I... Terry was absolutely fantastic. Yeah. And, you know, I think this is the last 13 games I scored seven goals or six goals in yeah, 12 or something yeah. like that. It was, you know, so I can't complain with with what, um, how it went with Terry. Just the results were were not were not good enough. I still think the performances and the, the fight from the players was was there to see. I think everyone who was playing in that, in that, uh, in them games gave it absolutely everything. And, for you know bad decisions getting punished maybe a bit of luck we we didn't get the results we maybe deserved but do i think anything would have changed maybe but you can never say and you can never never know (laughs) for me personally it was you know I had to, you know, everyone individually starts thinking right well what can I do you know Mick's gone now Terry's in charge you need to make sure that you're doing the best you possibly can do. And don't get me wrong, we were doing that before, 
but it's more apparent and in your face when you're like, right, we've got not 13 games left. Like, what are we going to do about it? And for me, I, I, I went about it like I did every other game and, and gave it absolutely everything. And, and for me, I managed to keep my form going and, and get uh, you know six or seven goals. Yeah, I do feel sorry for Terry Connor a bit. Obviously, got chucked under the bus slightly, you know. But he had some good result. I mean, it was a, it was a Swansea game, finished four all, like four nil or four one down in that game or something. Like yeah, that. Uh, there's a yeah, couple of games. The club was so unlucky. Yeah, Terry was Terry was he was thrown under the bus a bit, but you know when he's in a position, he's worked with all of these players for the last three, four years, and he's been at the yeah. club for however many years. You know, it, it is his his team, his club, he's, he wanted to give it absolutely everything and he did. He did the best job possible. Yeah. Was there any ever whispers around the players, around the club that a, a boss was going to come in? Because I'm pretty sure the rumours were close at Warnock, Steve Bruce. Was there any talk between the squad at any point or was it always going to be that Terry was going to be the man? We, as players, you don't get told anything. Um, the whispers of uh, different bits and pieces are just whispers. You know, we, yeah. we, we only get told what we get told. You know, Mick, we had a meeting in the morning. He told us what happened. He sh went around and shook every single player's hand, went to the training. We were at training. He went to the stadium, shook every single staff member's hand. You know, that's just the person he was. And then after that, Terry was taking charge <laughs> of the training session. And then after that, it was he would just tell us everything that he got told. He was completely open and honest with us about what was going on. And then he basically then come out and said, look, I've been offered the, the job to the end of the season. I've asked Mick because he had that yeah. relationship with Mick. He didn't want to show, think that he's done this behind his back. Mick obviously being the guy that he was, I was like hundred yeah. percent take it. And that was that. I um I actually went to six form with Terry Connor's son, and he told us at lunchtime that his his old his old man was getting the job. So I ran down to William Hill on the lunch, put fifty <laughs> put fifty quid on it, only to find out he was the interim manager, not the permanent manager. So I was fucking fifty quid. <laughs> 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 I got, I got to him tell here like two seasons, and the manager is obviously it would have been would have been Saul back, and who was the next permanent manager. But well, uh, before before we move on to your time away from Wolves. We'll talk about your England cap, and it's been it's been a, it's a milestone, wasn't it, recently from that from that game? But just over ten years, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. When you when you get that phone call, or or did you did you have an inkling feeling you were going to be called up, and how did you feel? Um, to, to be honest, I, I think I was in like the preliminary squad where there's like thirty yeah. players in in that for the the last two squads before, um, and you know we we just played Villa. I scored. We won one nil. It was a huge, huge victory for for us against you know rivals that we hadn't beaten in however long. Um, but to be honest, no, I, I I wasn't expecting to get called up. I knew I was playing well, obviously. Uh, but you look at the players that were in my position that were at top top clubs in that Premier League that were playing week in week out. You know, Walcott, Lennon. Ashley Young, Stuart Downing, James Milner, all these players. And, you know, I was obviously delighted to be in the 30, but I was just concentrating on on playing for Wolves. And obviously, turns out that that goal and that win was uh, was huge in the um, in in my call-up. So it was it was just absolutely incredible. Um, and 
and I'll go on and, and say well, it wasn't a phone call. It was a text message from the FA, um, <laughs> which I walked because I, 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 we played at the early kickoff on the Saturday. Yeah. So I'd gone home back down south, come back up on the Sunday night and into my kitchen. I don't know, six o'clock. I can't remember. And I remember just getting into the kitchen, putting my keys down and getting a text on my phone and just being like, oh, that was it. And it was like, from the FA, you've been called up to New England. Like, what? Who's, who's who's taking a piss? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Genuinely, that's what I was like, nah, yeah. this can't be real. Someone's having a wind up and then about a minute later, I get a call, someone from the FA go, look, you know, it is in a wind up. You have, <laughs> you have, you have been called up by England. Yeah, you'll need to bring this, this, someone's pick you up and this, this, this. Um, and obviously, you know, it's going to be announced on Sky Sports News in like 45 minutes or something like that, an hour. And I was just like, wow, this is absolutely amazing. Um, yeah, I, it's just absolutely incredible. You get, I get tingles. It's, it's brilliant. Matt, I was, I was so proud to see a Wolves player play for England because it had been, was it Steve Bull before you? 1990, like, my, my, Steve my dad watched Steve Bull, not me. And to see a, a, a Wolves player play for England, mate, I'm getting massive, two bumps now, mate. I was so yeah. proud. Massive. <laughs> oh, it was, it was, go on. Yeah, I was, was going to say, like, even now it's been a while. Obviously, Connor Cody's in there now, but that's still, what, like 10 years between players. Like, you know, it's, it's, it's rare for, especially as a Wolves player, it's a huge achievement. Yeah, it was. And like I said, it was, just you know with the caliber of players and you sort of obviously being in a relegation fight really um yeah to the rest of the, the the players that were in the england squad were you know all pretty much top six players their teams so it was a huge achievement and um yeah absolutely awesome, wasn't yeah it? i mean there's loads of questions we can ask about the time but i mean was it capello in charge at the time what what was he like what to deal with or do you not really speak with him much um, well, he, I don't think he spoke that much English, um, yeah. but I remember he, he, the first the first time I actually met him was when I walked through the doors. He was there and he was like, oh, are you pleased to be here? I was like, I'm out there <laughs> literally like, delighted. You know? And he was like, oh, he goes, um, you were close, but that goal got you in, in the England oh, squad. It was a good I'll goal, though, that. A good, it was a volley, wasn't it? In the edge of the area, I remember it. I was sat in the, I was sat in the villa in, mate. I nearly got chucked out. There's <laughs> <laughs> a few, few people have told me that, like, the, the yeah. villa end of that game. So, yeah, it was it was a special special, a special goal, um, special moment. And, yeah, apart from that, he didn't really speak a great deal. Um, but as a, as a manager, he's, he's won absolutely everything, hasn't he? He's, he's amazing. So to be called up by a manager of that calibre was was incredible. Um, and obviously, go on. No, crack on, mate, sorry. I was going to say, like, with, with you know, being there for the sort of like two weeks with the calibre of player that was there as well, you know, there was the only player that wasn't there that would normally have been there which was Gerard. Apart from that, you had... Rooney, Lampard, Ashley Cole, yeah, the, the whole shabam were, were there. It was, it was, uh, you know, fantastic to yeah. to be involved. Was it easy to integrate into that squad as a Wolves player? Because you do hear a lot of, and it probably a little bit before that the time that you were called up, where you'd have like little little pockets of Man United players, Liverpool players, little clicks. Was it was it easy enough for you to integrate into that squad? Because there wasn't any <laughs> any other Wolves players getting anywhere near it. <laughs> no, that's, I mean, you know, it, they, the, the, the lads were brilliant. They made me feel very welcome right from the start, but. You know, I was the first player that, that was there that wasn't at any of the clubs with them or that had been called up before. So all the rest of them knew each other like as yeah. our teammates or you know, just been in the English squad before. So I, it was like, it was a little bit like, 
you know, everyone was sort of already, and I was a little bit like, oh, it's the first day back at school. What am I doing? <laughs> but yeah, it it was it was brilliant. They they made me feel very welcome straight away. So it was uh, it was an incredible trip. And where where's that England cap kept now, mate? Is it on the fireplace somewhere or? <laughs> I'm surprised you're not wearing it. <laughs> wow, look at that. There you go. There we there you go. go. Fantastic. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Look at that. That's unbelievable, man. That's fantastic. Yeah. And then, I'd wear that to bed every night, mate, if I were you. That's his name in there as well. Look at that. Just, just in case I've got my name, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> That's fantastic. It's, it's like everyone used to say you get a cap. I was like, no. And then no that uh, Mick McCarthy presented me that in uh, before training in front of all the lads. When, like, when I got back about a month later, it was what achieving amazing, amazing. I can imagine. No, we, unfortunately, we have to talk about the time of, of you leaving Wolves. And I know at the time we had we had players like Coates who went to. Stoke, I believe. Fletcher with the famous heads gone tweet went to Burnley. <laughs> and I feel like I feel like you're the only player out of obviously the prize asset to for me it was like right, Matt's gone out with his head held high, like he's given the club absolutely everything and I wish him all the best. Do, I, I don't know, how did you feel about leaving the club? Was it with, with sadness? But obviously you were you agreed with a massive opportunity at West Ham. I think I'm glad you sort of say that because that's that's how I felt. Yeah, I felt definitely. like I'd, I'd, I'd given absolutely everything, and I still I love the club. I, I still obviously, you know, I've got so many memories, so many people that are still there that I know and I still speak to. Is it's been sort of like a huge part of my my football career or my life, really. Um, you know, some so many people that I met in Wolves, you know, friends now, you know, lifetime friends. Um, it's. It was a it was a massive massive part of my footballing journey. My development as a player got myself in the England squad. I think that's you know it, it's it's I, I only have fond memories of it. Um, unfortunately for me, it was it was it was just I I felt like I needed to be back in the Premier League. I felt I you know well I say deserved to be back in the Premier League. I think my performances were at a level that. I wanted to be back up there. I um, obviously wanted to get back in the England squad, um, and then when an opportunity comes, you, you've you've got to take it because football is such a an industry where it, if you don't, you never know what's going to happen. And for me, it was just about timing, just about opportunity, and and for me, it was all about playing. In the Premier League, that's what I wanted to do as a kid. That's what I wanted to achieve, and I did. And I got a taste of it, and I, and I felt like I, I'll, you know, I, I'll, my performances warranted me getting back into it. And, and at the time, West Ham was was the the option that was going to give me uh, an opportunity. Yeah, I mean, I agree with what Matt said. I think, like, I even remember sort of going to those early games, and you were playing in the Championship a couple of games at the start of the yeah. season for Wolves. And I thought, like, there's a lot of players that have already jumped ship, and thought, you know what? Even if he does go, the fact that you know he's there's a lot of players that would have said, no, I'm not playing for you. You know, I'd, I'd rather just wait for my chance. But the fact that you sort of still play for the club, I think, you know, speaks volumes. But um, was there any other opportunities, or West Ham was the one? Because I mean, as a player, we can understand, you know, moving to London as well, big move. Was there any other clubs that sort of inquired that you know of, or was West Ham the always always the only option? There was a, a couple of others, yeah. Um, but you know, for for the amount of money that Wolves wanted, wanted and got, um, 
it was it was it was difficult i suppose um <laughs> but yeah there was other other clubs but west ham was obviously um like as you say for me it was um you know it was a great opportunity for me there back in the premier league after winning the the, the playoffs um being london you know i'm from back down south it was yeah. uh it was just a, a fantastic opportunity and, and obviously a huge club. So it was uh, it was something that I couldn't really turn down. Yeah, and then obviously Atwalls at the time was sold back and he brought his, his crew in as well. What did you make of him? I've, I've heard mixed stories about sold back and what were your thoughts? I, I, I genuinely do feel sorry for him because I think at the at the time, I remember his first, uh, first meeting, he come in and he was like, um, you know, I think he basically, I think he thought everyone was staying. From what I, what I think, so he, he sort of ended his meeting like, um, you know, my door's always open. You know, we 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 start from now and blah blah. And then it was like one after the other. It was like, oh, this player's gone. Okay. This player's gone. You know, and he was, must have been like, what have I walked into he here? Rejected Champions everyone... League jobs for that apparently. Yeah, rejected well, Champions League jobs. For the that. thing is, like, he had a completely different playing style mentality yeah. everything and i'm not saying it was it was wrong it w wasn't the, the way he was playing the way he wanted to play was was probably perfect for the premier league it, it, it was it was perfect that's why obviously he's he's been an exceptional manager um elsewhere as well um but it just unfortunately i think it just it was timing it was league um and it just unfortunately didn't happen for him but I, I got on very well with him. You know, I, I was very honest from the start. I, I gave it absolutely everything every day in pre-season, every day in the season. And he was, we had, we had a good relationship. So it was, it was nothing to do with him. Yeah. So I, I have all the respect for him. When, when, when you obviously were leaving the club, did you feel like, because it was reported that you handed in a transfer request, were the club just, reluctant to let you go or did you feel like you needed to really like force their hand to, to make the move because like me and Dave said like if any player was going to go and, and we'd, we'd be all right if it was you because like like you said you'd put your heart and soul into the club but did you feel you had to like force the club's hand towards the end that's a difficult question Matt but that's what makes me jump no no, no. Exactly. I'm, I know, I'm happy to answer um it got to right at the end of the transfer window and Obviously, they'd rejected quite a few bids already from West Ham. Um, and it just got to the point that I sort of basically got told that that was, that was it. There was, this was going to be the bid. And if that was it, then it was off the table. And obviously, by then, it was sort of last knocking. So, you know, yeah, I probably wouldn't have gone. Um, and obviously, I had a really good <laughs> relationship with Jez Moxie at the time. Um so it wasn't like one of them that I was going in effing and blind and he was coming back at me. It was very, I would say amicable, but you know, within reason, um, just being like, this is my last opportunity. Um, obviously I, yeah, I can't tell you how much money is, is, is right for you and the club, but I think it's a, yeah, a good deal. Um, this is the last opportunity I'm probably going to get to go and play in the Premier League because you never know what's going to happen. Yeah. I, I would, uh, you know, I, I sort of had to, you know, express my feelings and make sure that he knew exactly what it meant for me. And ultimately, that had to be done to 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 get a move. Yeah, and like it's but a short period. Really. I didn't. I didn't, I, 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 didn't want, I didn't want to do it because. Yeah. 
I have so much respect for the fans, the club and everything yeah, about it. I, it wasn't that I didn't want to be at the club. I wanted to make sure that, you know, I, I wanted to be back playing in the Premier League. So that was yeah. the opportunity that I got given and that's what I, I wanted to take. Um, it was nothing to do with the, the not wanting to play at, at Wolves. It was always about me wanting to play in the best level I possibly could. Of course, yeah. mate. Yeah, we get that. We get that. Don't worry. I was still yeah. gutted, man. Still broke my heart, Matt. But I'm, 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 obviously, I'm, I'm, I am devastated. I wish. I wish um, we just stayed up, and you know that would have been it. But these things happen, and do opportunities you, then come, and you've got to take them. Do you think if you would have stayed up, and someone like West Ham would have come in for you, you would have gone? <laughs> See, I never should have said it, should I? <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? I bet if United coming for you, you'd have gone, wouldn't you? <laughs> yeah, probably, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, phenomenal career at Wolves and obviously still very well respected by all the Wolves fans and, you know, it's been a pleasure. But we've got, Matt, to finish off, we've got loads of questions on social media, obviously from Wolves fans, off Twitter and Instagram in particular, but we'll try and get through as many as we can. Go um, for it. Obviously, some have sort of been answered already, but um, one here from Livy Dixon. Uh, she said, who's your favourite current Wolves player? Who do you like the look of in this current Wolves squad? Um, I think uh, Neto and Pedence that I, I quite like. Neto, similar to your style, isn't it? Yeah, I think obviously as, as a wide player, you you automatically look at the wide players. But I think Neto's been the outstanding player this year. Um, yeah. He's he, when he first came last year, you could see he had potential. But as I said, like Nuno is a fantastic manager. Like you know Mick and TC, they you could see that they work on the training pitch and develop a player, and that's what they do at, at Wolves. They recruit well and develop players, and he's been outstanding this year. So I'll probably go with him. Yeah, an interesting one as well off uh, James Cartwright. He's talking about kits. Did you have a favourite Wolves kit you played in? I mean, that era, there were strains like Lecoq Sportif and Birda, wasn't it? Birda was shot. Yeah, not great kits, but was it one that sort of, in your memory, think, yeah, that was actually quite a nice kit? Uh, to be honest, I I think, the, 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 I don't know, probably the ones in the Prem were, were, were nice. I think I... I automatically look at the one that we won the championship with in just because you obviously you see so many photos and you know, I've got that shirt all signed by the yeah. lads with everything. But I think that the Premier League one in the second season, I think, was was probably my favourite. Try and remember that one. I can't remember which one. It wasn't like it wasn't the one with the big flapping colour. Yeah, yeah. It, it was awful yeah. that. Yeah. A bit more fitted. <laughs> yeah. I've, um, I've I've got a couple of questions from from Instagram. One off, one of Craig. If you could change one thing in your career, Matt, what would it be, if anything? And I don't sort of do. I never regret anything. Yeah. But I would say if I was going to do anything, I would not go in for a block tackle with Yaya Torre and break my knee. <laughs> I think that would be the oh, only man. thing that I would. That's the big boy. That, <laughs> that was when I was at Norwich. That's the start of my uh, my problems. Oh, uh, my injury. <laughs> I think that that is the decision. I never really made challenges and tackles, so I don't know why I decided to do it then. With the big boy, yeah. Yeah. I bet you got kicked up in the air a few times, though, didn't you, going past fullbacks? I've been, I, I used to always get smashed off the pitch and you know, keep the ball on, but me fly off the pitch and getting smashed. But it's part and parcel. I remember Steers, Richard Steers, and I remember playing against him four walks against Leicester, and he kicked lumps out of me every single chance he got. And at the end of the game, every single chance, like he smashed me up in the air and he shook my hand, picked me up, and was like, "Oh, sorry, sorry." Like, and I'd be like, at the end of the game, I remember speaking to my mum and dad, and I was like, uh, "I was like, 
And they were like, God, he kicked lunch. I was like, yeah, I know, but he was a nice guy. Like, yeah. They were like, what? And then obviously he signed the following year. <laughs> it was like, yeah. no, well, but we, we both, we've both got coming in some common, Matt, that Richard Seam was actually kicked lumped out of me. He ran over my foot up Sutton Park once in his football. I like yelped and he just drove off. I was like, cheers, cheers for that fella. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. I was like, I'm a massive Wolves fan and our centre off just ran over my foot. Uh, what was the best stadium you, you played at or your favourite stadium? I mean, uh, can I say yeah. Wembley? Because that's my only ch- played stadium I played. Uh, the only time I played there was for England, so I could say that. But uh, uh, I don't know. When you when when you're at Molyneux and you're playing them big games, uh, it, it's just great because you're playing at home with the fans behind you. You know, it's 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 always nice to be at home and and you know and winning big games. But obviously, the, there's so many like Anfield just for. You're hearing the the anthem before before the game. Yeah. Everyone gets tingles. I don't know. Don't care what you say. Um, obviously, just for like the sheer volume and what they've done at Old Trafford is is amazing. The Etihad and Emirates were new stadiums were were amazing. So there's so many good. Everton was good because it was close. Everything was close. It's an old stadium, but everything was close. It, yeah. Same as um, uh, even like you know Villas was was nice to play at. And to win, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, fond fun memories of, of us beating them at the park. Finally, Matt, just to update Wolves fans, what 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 are you doing at the minute? I know you you're still still playing, aren't you? Yeah, still playing at Woking, um, and then uh, doing you know bits and pieces like this. I'm trying to get myself in to do a bit more of the media stuff. I've um, been doing um, some you know Sky, BT, radio because. Um, for me, ultimately, I you know, I, I, I love I love playing football. I know that that's not going to last forever. Um, and you know, if if there's something that I enjoy, it's watching football, talking about football. It's been my whole life. For you know, I'm 34. I'm going to be 35 next month. It's been my whole life. You know, playing football. So if I could stay involved in it and and you know, be able to just uh, speak about football rather than playing it at some point. Then that's that's what I would like to do. Is that is that the next step for you then, mate? Have you considered coaching, or is punditry the sort of way you want to go? I've got my badges, but right, I think then. I think if I went into coaching, I think I'd be a frustrated player rather than a coach. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't think I could. Um, you know, while I still can play, I don't think I would want to be a coach and play or a coach straight away. I think I I, I enjoy being on the, the pitch and on the training pitch when I'm playing, I think once I, once I'm not actually a player, I think I'll, I'll find that difficult yeah. to start with. So for the moment, for me, I, I really enjoy doing the punditry stuff. Um, and yeah, that, that would be something that I really want to get into. Yeah. That's wicked. Well, I think that brings us to the end quite nicely, Matt. It's been, it's been an absolute pleasure and it's been about, I don't know, I've unlocked some memories there that I'd forgotten about. Just talking about walls, it's been, it's been fun, fun, fun memories. So, um, like I said, thanks ever so much for your time today, mate. I've, I've I know Dave has, and I've certainly enjoyed it. If um, if people do want to find you on, on on your socials, where can they find you? Oh, now you've got me. Um, my yeah, uh, I've got my phone out. It's um. It's Matt underscore Jarvis underscore official on Instagram. And then it's uh, Mr. Matt Jarvis. Um, 
let me check again. It's uh, <laughs> it's um, hold on a minute. How do I do that? Uh, it's Mr. Matt Jarvis on uh, on uh, Twitter. So there you go, Mr. Matt Jarvis and Matt underscore Jarvis underscore official on Instagram. So there you go. Yeah. We, we got there in the end. Dave, do you want to see the show out? You do all the like, subscribe stuff and all that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, again, big yeah, thanks to Matt for, that, mate. for always jumping on. Yeah, big thanks to Matt for jumping on. Hopefully we'll get a few more Wolves players uh, on in the next couple of weeks or so. I really enjoyed it today, Matt. And anyone watching, be sure to hit the like button, subscribe to the channel if you're new. And until next time, we'll see you all very, very soon.